Hot Springs Village Inside Out is a closer look at the greatness of Hot Springs Village, Arkansas and the surrounding areas. People, places, experiences. Hot Springs Village is one of the most beautiful places on earth. Join me, Randy Cantrell, and my co-host, Dennis Simpson, as we engage in weekly conversations to explore Hot Springs Village Inside Out. Today's show is brought to you by Central Arkansas's favorite radio station, KVRE. Find them on the dial at 92.9 FM. Stream them live at kvre.com. Remax of Hot Springs Village, the award-winning Remax of Hot Springs Village is the largest real estate office inside the village with over 30 full-time agents and support staff. Visit them to learn more about this beautiful place to solve your real estate needs. Call them today at 1-800-364-9007 or find them online at explorehsv.com. They are Remax of Hot Springs Village at 1-800-364-9007 or online at explorehsv.com. Kelly, I'm I'm liking your jacket today. Where where did you get that? Do you do you have yeah? Do you have another uh, one of those? Yeah, this is our uh, yeah. So you know our Back to the Future. You know, living our culture here. Uh, these were found. You know, we talked about doing a little house cleaning at the POA and stuff. So yeah. I was digging in the back of a closet, and we were repurposing a room and found a stack of these various sizes which uh, we offered up to some of the folks here, you know, to wear to different events. And obviously, you know, you and I were going to do this and talk about, you know, the culture of the village and back, you know, getting it back to where it used to be. So these were found in the back of a closet and I was told they go with the old DeSoto club days. Couldn't tell you, I heard five different stories, so I don't know which one to believe. Well, what I heard was, is that you, you came in for dinner, you could have, and, and I didn't know if this was going to be a pants required option or not. So I just wore shorts today. Okay. So oh, you're, you're good. We're good. But, uh, you know, as I understood, you could come in with shorts as long as they weren't blue jean shorts right. and you could eat at the DeSoto club as long as you had a jacket. Right. Exactly. So, so. I, 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 you know, I look for uh, someone to be able to fill in the blanks after our video here exactly, you know, where these were. I'm sure they had something to do with uh, Cooper communities, maybe when they hosted events, uh, part of the corporation. But I'm sure it was some type of like ambassador jacket at something. Uh, but, yeah, we'll find out or we'll make something up good. Oh, I, 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 we'll, we'll go ahead and start that rumor. I'm not beyond creating something. Heck, if you want to, all we have to do is take pictures like this and post on next door and there'll be stories all next. Oh, week. They'll, they'll come out of the woodwork. I'll tell you, but free of, free of charge, free of charge. Yeah. Well, tell us what exactly, and I'm envisioning you rummage around in the back of a room in the, in the POA that's been there for 50 years, I suspect, or at least yeah. 30, but tell us why we're going back to the future. I love the theme, but tell me more what you got in mind. Well, you know, it's, it's really when I, when I talked to the community, when I first took the job, it was, uh, you know, I'd heard all these things about, you know, we're, we're going to build a town center. We're going to build an equestrian trail. We're going to build out these different things. And I've said all along, I moved here for what the village had, not what it will be. And, you know, I come from a culture uh, at UPS and, you know, 115 year old company this month, this year, really, you know, amazing. And, and they were big on culture. And more important than that, they were big on repurposing assets. Um, you know, they would always get the most out of anything they had, whether it was a building or vehicle, uh, and leverage that asset to the full extent. And, you know, when I started looking around the village, I took that same mindset. We have just a lot of great buildings that we've already made investments in as members in our community. And unfortunately, right, wrong, or indifferent, we haven't taken care of them and made sure that Mother Nature doesn't take them down around us. So why build and spend money that we need for other things? Let's repurpose the assets that we have. So that's where I came up with Back to the Future, because, you know, these are buildings like the DeSoto Club, for example, has been here for a long time, 50 years almost. And if you haven't been up to the DeSoto Club, um, it's really back so it's glory days in a lot of ways. It's uh, hopping. It's hopping. It is. So, you know, we put as members two and a half million dollars, I was told, into that. And we didn't do anything with the exterior, which was amazing to me. You know, you would think that you, you do a project, you would do the whole thing. So um, 
the maintenance group, Mike uh, Sequoia's group, he, uh, Sequoia, excuse me, uh, his team went over there and they painted the outside of the building. And when they were doing it, uh, the workers told me that you know, it was the first time we painted this in 21, 22 years, Kelly. Really? Wow. And, you know, and you just don't do that when you have an asset that you've got to manage. So it was important that we go over and we jumpstart. You know, first thing I recognized was we need to get our restaurants open. People, you know, they live here for a reason. And why, why do we, why does the POA not manage the restaurants like they used to? Well, that used to be a one and a half to $2 million uh, hit to the members every year. It was just, that's the way it was. So now we're getting paid rent for those assets. They're picking up the utilities at those assets and our members have a place to go. And I think our restaurant vendors are doing phenomenal work. The only thing the POA runs is the waypoint. <clears throat> and we oh. keep that there. Yeah, we have one that we kept. Uh, all the other ones have vendors and they're great vendors, great vendors. All of our restaurants, they're here. They're part of our community. But the vision was, you know, and, and I, I just speak for myself and the people that I talk with. If I don't have to go outside the gates, why should I? I mean, and we have these beautiful venues, whether it's the Isabella or the DeSoto or Granada uh, or Cortez or Coronado. They're all great places and they're right there in our communities. So, you know, we talk about back to the future. I also want to talk about, you know, kind of the theme as well of community unity. And I believe that these clubhouses, okay, they provide the community to be able to get together, spend time with their neighbors and friends. You know, we're, we're you know, I want it to be like a golf cart community that you get on your golf cart if you have one and be able to take it up to the clubhouse and then head back home when you're done and have a nice evening with your family and friends. You get people come in town to visit you. We have a lot of folks that have friends or family that come in. And over the last few years, we haven't had a place that they can go and feel good about. Let me show you why it's so great to be here. Yeah. So the DeSoto Club, we put so much into it. It was important, one, that we find a vendor that had name recognition. And that's where the 501 out of Hot Springs came in. So uh, Matt, his team over there are just doing a great job. And, you know, I'm getting a lot of positive feedback on how they're getting going. And then, you know, so we painted the outside of the DeSoto, got that all done. Uh, we power washed everything. And if you haven't been paying attention, we've been power washing everything. Back to the future. We already spent the money, so let's take <laughs> care of our asset. Uh, and it's looking brand new. You know, folks have mentioned, did, did we pour new concrete here? No, we just put some elbow grease into it and got it looking good. Um, we got new umbrellas for the deck out there because the furniture was relatively new and in good shape. Mm -hmm. And uh, we bought new uh, patio furniture down there for the fire pit. So now the members have an asset that has been repurposed and looks good. And it's probably one of, you know, as good a venue as anywhere uh, in Hot Springs that they can take their, you know, their family and friends to and enjoy it. Well, let me interject for our, our guests that are a little five mile higher. If you've never been to the DeSoto Club, the DeSoto Club was designed, as was the front gate and the fountains by Faye Jones, arguably one of the best students of Frank Lloyd nice. Wright ever, probably oh. the most famous. I mean, he, he literally has his own school of design. Mm -hmm. in Fedville. And it's a, it's a stunning, stunning Frank Lloyd Wright style building. Right. Phenomenal. It, it, it should be on the historic places. I mean, sincerely. You know, and that, that's a great point because we may want to, as members, uh, see if we can get some type of historical marker put there because we put so much money into it. We shouldn't take it anywhere. That's a great thought. Well, if you've never been there, and, and I, let me count, you know, and I, thank you, but let's think this through, the, the, the supper club, as they would have referred to it <clears throat> with our jackets, uh, you know, you probably should have wore a tie. I don't oh, know you're not going to get that out of me. I gave that up. <laughs> it's just a podcast. Come on. But the, the, the dinner club, the supper club that they have up front, actually, we've, the, the deck we built on the back is phenomenal. It overlooks the tea, the first green, the first tea box and looks down on the clubhouse and there's the back behind there. It's, I think we lose perspective sometimes, Kelly. I, that's a fantastic place. If you didn't know it was here in hot Springs village, you wouldn't know it wasn't Augusta. You wouldn't know wherever it's gorgeous. Am I wrong? No, it is. It is spectacular. And you know, here's the beautiful thing. Um, we were able to repurpose the outside um, 
the flower beds. We did the flower beds out in the parking lot with rock because it's less maintenance over time. It costs us a little bit more than mulch, but mulch you got to deal with every year. Now you get this more elegant look. And if you watch around the village, you're going to see a lot of the clubhouses were converting over to the river rock for cost savings and longevity. So we're not having to put money in every year and it looks more elegant. And we did that. And uh, I think the only thing the team has left to do is to paint the uh, handrails around the deck to get them to brown so that they match. They look good now, but, you know, that attention to detail. Um, it's, it, to me, it was about the member experience, yeah. you know, and, and, and look, and, and like I said, I didn't move here to take a job. I moved here <laughs> to be a member and enjoy it. So when I'm looking at these things, I'm looking at it, what would me and my neighbors want to go do? And, you know, it's, it's like belonging to a private country club. When you go over there, it's got that vibe. Yep. It's yep. got that elegance to it without paying the private country club prices. And, you know, and you just, it just to me, if, if when I when I have friends that come down, we you know want to take them over there. I want them to walk away going, "Wow, yeah. this is this is unbelievable." You belong to a private community like this, you know, and it really ups our game on being able to market the village and really have what assets that our members want. Well, and it, uh, in my opinion, it builds community because of it the does. camaraderie, the the commonality, and things. And let's talk a little bit more about the. Back to the future thing, I'm going to throw you a curve you may not know I'm going to ask about, but apparently uh, somebody driving down Highway 7 is going to donate a brand new sign at the front gate. Am I, am I mistaken about that? Because uh, they took one out and I think their insurance will probably pay for a new one. Is that what we're going to do? Well, we're, we're going to explore what we're going to do there. Right now, we're, we will get the insurance settlement. It's very unfortunate that we lost a piece of our culture. Um, what we are looking at right now is that actually was kind of a, I call it a billboard because it blocks your view. It was rather unsafe when you think about it. It really was. Yeah. So I guess it's just the good blessings of the Lord that let that happen to a degree because it actually cleared that intersection up where it's not as busy and you can see around. Um, we're going to work with, uh, RDOT, Arkansas Department of Transportation. That intersection up there is, uh, really, really tight. It's knotted up as more population moves in the area. So we're just looking for some different options for maybe an additional turn lane there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they, I guess they've looked at it in the past is what I was told. And because of the sign, they couldn't do much expansion. So, you know, you talk about just things kind of happening for a reason. It may <laughs> be that I'm not here to say, uh, but at this point in time, we're, we're not going to do anything immediately. Uh, we're just going to step back and just let it go. I mean, I've gotten more feedback that it looks very nice up there. It does. I've not had, we've had a few people pitch ideas of putting big digital signs up there. And I'm like, yeah, that's not happening. Not, no, not on my life. I mean, it just takes away uh, from the venue. We're not Vegas. We're not downtown hot Springs. We're a private community in the woods. Um, So great idea, but no, no, thanks. Not here. Let's let's not do that, please. Well, it, it, uh, it, it doesn't go with the theme. I mean, that's as simple no, as it is. It, it doesn't go it with takes, the theme. Back to your point, it's more of that Frank Lloyd Wright design, which I've seen several of his buildings around the U.S. Fabulous architect. Uh, but yeah, I, it, that's that would take away from our culture. And, yeah. when, you know, and we want to stick to that. You know, we want to move forward into the future and find things that will keep people active here, keep that churn model going, of bringing new members in to support the community that we all love. But we don't want to lose the culture of why we're here. The Coopers gave us all this, and we have to take care of it and preserve that vision because it was such a great vision they had. And if it's not broke, why fix it? All we need to do is just take care of it and enhance it as we go along. And that's what the beauty is. I agree. Uh, let me, let me, I, I just re- I realized I didn't mention something about the DeSoto club. Uh, 501 prime is the, the basic vendor there. Is that correct? The, the same yes, management. Uh, yes, and it would be argued that 501 prime uh, that's grand, not central, but grand corner grand and Malvern, I believe. Yep. And then the vault uh, down on central, right on bathhouse road, mm-hmm. just, just across right. from there, the vault and bridge, I think is the exact it would be argued those are probably the two finest establishments in hot springs by far and away for fine dining. And for us to be able to get one of, one of those companies here and manage the DeSoto club, Mm -hmm. huge win. 
And believe it or not, we, we did go solicit the vault. <laughs> we, 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 we went and cause I sent my team into hot springs and Benton. And I said, here, here's my vision. And they, they had actually brought back a opportunity of a Texas roadhouse even uh, really? for a franchise, which would have been interesting because I, I like Texas roadhouse, yeah. but it was to find something that would be good for the members. So, I mean, when Matt signed on, we were so happy uh, to have him come join our family here in the village. Yeah, And, and, and his mom lives here. His mom really? lives in the village. He's very familiar with the village. So it was a win-win all the way around. Yeah. Well, I, I, I knew him back when oh, he had the place with the, the frog that spit water down on park. Anyway, anyway, I digress. I digress. Tell us how more we're going to be going back to the future. Other projects that you know of in the village. Well, right now, what we're working on is to get all the clubhouses painted uh, by the end of the year. Uh, that was the big thing. So we, we did a lot of power washing and cleaning up at the woodlands. You see some work up there. Um, some of the beds up there were converting over to the stone. We've already gotten into that. So that is repurposing there. Uh, to get all the clubhouses painted is a big deal. One, because it, I want a forward-facing customer view that when our members, who are the customers, we go to those, you know, they look good. And, you know, putting some paint preserves the asset, obviously. So that's our vision by the end of the year is to have all those done and getting the flower beds cleaned up and under control and making that member experience so much better. Um, right now, the team is over at the Coronado Center. Uh, they are in there painting the acoustic tile, the old white tile that's in there. Uh, I was at a venue uh, here a while back. And, you know, you, you go over there for meetings and you, I like to spend a lot of time in the field walking around looking at things. And I'm just looking up and you can see the old smoke stains and water stains and everything. So Mike and his team went over and we popped off a few of the old tiles, replaced them. And then we just gave it a, a I believe they put like a light tan on it. So for member cost, I mean, you know, to go back in there and replace all that, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars in labor. So we just said, you know, we'll just give it a fresh look. So we just painted it and it'll give it a nice clean look there. Uh, we're taking that venue along with the Woodlands. We invested some money into new speaker and lighting systems. So have you been to the Woodlands? I have. So, it was exceptional. Okay. So yeah. you see the new LED lighting that we put in. Matter of fact, we had uh, two of the groups, three of the groups now that we've heard from that were like, this is unbelievable. We'll be back and we'll tell others. We've never seen a venue this small have this much. And uh, the IT team and Terry, or excuse me, uh, Terry Wiley's team with Park and Rec, Dakota and his group, they went out and had, you know, they beat their budget by 50% on finding those. We, we bought uh, open box items, still new, but we got the lighting and the speakers. Uh, so we upgraded the lighting and new uh, boards over there at the Woodlands with the new camera for the stage. Mm -hmm. It didn't even have an HDMI hookup. That's how old the thing was. I think the camera was like 20 years old. It would yeah. act up. Now they've got a new one there. And we bought a new sound system for the Coronado, uh, uh, Coronado Center. Um, why am I doing this? Which well, Go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was just going to say we've interviewed Terry a couple of times and we talked about the lighting system and the sound system. It is a light year upgrade. It's a huge upgrade. Okay. And I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but you were saying why you were doing this. Well, yeah. And so, you know, we, we did all that work. Uh, Terry did. I, I'm not, I'm not going to take credit for anything. They went out, they did all that for $37,000. Really? So both, both buildings. And we have a fundraiser coming up with uh, Don Valdez and a group of people, they do a volunteer thing every year. The uh, Entertainment Foundation. We just yes, did a show with Aubrey. Yeah. Yeah. So we do. We normally do that. So what we I got with Don and Terry and Don's a friend of mine. And I said, look, the POA will give you the building. But what I want is you to run a fundraiser for a new lighting system over here at the Coronado Center. So that's what we need. So I need everybody to come out and give. And if you can't come, give. And then if you give, give some more. But, you know, we, we want to get back to the community unity of, you know, the POA. Yeah, we've, we're getting money, but I need to apply that in deep infrastructure. Those things like that, we can get donations very easy from folks. And so it's a fundraiser now for a new LED lighting system over there like we got the Woodlands. And what I want, my, what I want to be able to do is provide venues that our members have access to go to. 
we have all these great groups like the VCA, the players, um, and I'm going to miss some people and make them mad. But anyway, those are the ones that just come to the top of my mind right away. Uh, but they do plays. They do musical events. They do uh, readings that go on. We have different visitors come in, speaker sessions. And to be able to provide a venue that is world class that we did for very little money will attract more coming in here. And it makes the member experience. And I talk to my team about this all the time. It's about the member experience, you know, and that, that's what it is. You know, when they walk in the door downstairs, how, what's their member experience being served? What's it like out there in the field when they're at the tennis or golf? And we got a lot of work to do. So I'm sure there'll be people watch this and go, well, let me tell you all the things you got to fix. I know. Get in line. Get in line. Always room for improvement. Always room for improvement. So what? what's so, new? So that's, that's, that's the whole vision when we talk back to the future is we take our asset, we repurpose it, and we give these clubs and these groups opportunities to use them because they're going to rent the space. We're going to make yeah. revenue off of it. Not a lot, but a little. And they have a venue now that is world-class to have plays and musical acts for their clubs. So this, this just supports the community more. Uh, as members, we're doing it way below budget over what they really had planned before. And by being able to hold these fundraisers, we just get better quality products that we can have there. Uh, paint doesn't cost a lot of money. So I'm looking for this to have like a real nice pop at the Coronado Center. Um, you know, I know Terry's got some ideas with a couple rooms over there. Uh, we want to open those up for a true community center that you can come over and play pool and ping pong for hmm. nothing. Just, just a play hangout place. Yeah. Great. Yeah, I mean, you know, and you'll obviously have to get, um, you know, reserve it. You can't just show sure. up. So we don't have people crossing wires and things, yeah. but our vision there is, is to make it a true community center that people can come over. And, you know, they can go in and shoot some pool with their friends for a little bit or play some table tennis for a little bit. And, you know, because Terry was looking for people to donate pool tables. So we're going to work through that. I got some I had to have we had to back off for a minute when I got thinking about liability, getting a table out of somebody's house. <laughs> so I was like, eh, let me let me think a little bit more. But, you know, that yeah. was the whole vision was get some donations of these things. Don't cost us anything. And then, you know, we have. We leverage the asset. That's the key is leveraging the asset. And by constantly staying focused on that community unity attitude, it gets better to live here. People enjoy it more. It's, it's not a heavy lift, you know, for us to have a couple rooms over there set up like that. We still have plenty of room for meetings and other things we do with our committees, but that's, that's a big broad vision that we're looking at. Uh, it's just one less thing I got to manage other than keeping the schedule. So to sit there and charge, you know, $5 an hour to come shoot pool, that's just some more accounting work that I, I don't have. Let's save the money. It's easier to just let you come and do it for nothing. And doesn't, just take doesn't, pay for, doesn't pay for somebody's salary to try to even do that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So if I get the tables and stuff for free, um, you know, come over, act like adults, you know, take care of the stuff. It's yours too. And enjoy it. And that's really all it is, is us yeah. just making sure we take care of the assets and use them in the community. Well, I wanted to say, and, and thanks to you and your staff, and I mean this sincerely, and I'm certainly not a special person in any way, but I've had the opportunity to tour the water treatment plant, the uh, sewer treatment plant, the water pickup station, all of these multi-million dollar investments that the average Joe Blow is never, never, never going to see. They're going to walk over and turn on their tap and beautiful, clear water is going to come out. 24 hours a day, 365 uninterrupted. And the, the average laity doesn't see all of the infraworks, all, all of the really, really expensive things you're looking at and working on, but right. they do see how the paint looks in the Woodland Center. They do mm -hmm. see scuffs on the wall or the restrooms or the carpet or the whatever. And those things are by scale, so microscopically inexpensive, relatively, relatively, mm -hmm. as opposed to what a twelve million dollar pump, right? Oh yeah. So yeah, I don't think I don't think the members realize um, how much true infrastructure we really got to get back in here, and that's why the assessment increase was very important. Uh, but you just take the water and sewer treatment plants that we have here for our community. You know, we're fully self-contained. We do everything but energy. 
Um, and, you know, we need 25 or $30 million investment just in the water and sewer. Really? Yeah. I mean, what? to get it to where, and that's not all at once. So, no, no, no. Yeah. you know, it, but that's the number that when we start looking at what we need to do, we have a lot of those motors that are over there have been rebuilt and rebuilt and rebuilt because that's all that's the only option the POA had for a long time. And we're at that crossroad that you can only rebuild something so much. And, and one so, of those motors goes for what? What does it one cost? Well, you take a look at what's called a clarification, clarif- clarifying motor, which mm-hmm. makes the water clear. All right. It literally lifts the water up and it runs over the clarifiers right. and goes through the little filter fingers that let it irrigate and all that. And, and it, a beautiful, amazing system. Amazing. Yeah. So one of those runs about 1.2 million. Do tell. 1.5 million, somewhere in that range. And we have six of those. Six. And that's that's just the clarification motors. That, so that's you just, do the math. Well, that, yeah. that, and, and that's just the input. That's not the output side, which right. I toured also. Yes, rather interesting place there. Uh, so, we had a meeting over here on the lake the other day. We had a dine around that Rick Marshall, one of the realtors here and, and a resident on the lake too, put together. And we were sitting around and talking and somebody was cussing the POA about water and something. And I said, you just don't have a clue. Right. I said, you know, we had a, a, a huge flood and a power strike that blew out three big transformers, smoked the pumps and, and partly damaged the dam. And we had people come out and nobody even wanted to make a quote for it. Nobody would even right. make a proposal. And, and it is, and I will not discuss where it's at, but it's a very difficult place to get to. Mm-hmm. And no contractor wanted to go through three different pieces of land and chains and locks and whatever to even get there and work on it. And I explained that, and I didn't know this till Jason told me the tower in the middle of Lake Lago has mm-hmm. three different windows on it. And those windows take water from every inlet. Well, for nearly 18 months, we could not take water from anything from the top one because we couldn't pump water into it. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, so what, what's the big deal? And then Jason explained, and Ken knows I'm certain also, as the water level goes down, there's less oxygen in the water as you go mm-hmm. through, which means you use more chlorine, which means you have a more, you know, a, a more, a, a less clean tasting water. It's more right. sterile, but anyway, all those things happen in the background. Nobody even knew it 18 months. Right. I mean, it's these folks here at the POA are phenomenal. They take care of the members so well. Uh, and that's that's really what I keep reiterating how important they are in the community here. You know, these you know, it goes back to not only that, but you look at the storm we had come through here a couple, two, three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. We had trees down all over the place. We had folks coming in in the middle of the night. We had people coming in on the weekend. Uh, you know, we have folks that work for the volunteer fire department that do it on just for free. People do not realize how much these people love this village and how much they invest their time away from their families to take care of our members. We have those situations happen and they're like, well, they get paid to do it. You'd be surprised. A lot of these people, they, they drop everything they got to come in and they'll do stuff on their own dime just because they know and, uh, what the members are up against here. Um, we get that stuff off the road so we can get our EMTs out if we have to let people come and go as they need. Uh, but yeah, you're right. There's, they're the unsung heroes of this village. And I really am trying to get out. I appreciate you having a platform like this to help educate people on what we're doing. But we, we've kicked the can down the road as a community. We're not here to point fingers. You know, I tell people all the time, the past is only something to learn from. Mm-hmm. If you're going to focus on it uh, and blame this, that, and the other, you're just going to waste your oxygen. You're better off just looking at what has happened and learn what to do and not to do. It's been my experience in life. And we move forward. But we've kicked the can down the road for so long, uh, letting some of these things go. And they're antiquated. uh, They're wearing out. You know, we've been going fast and furious getting water lines replaced. We, you know, the... The POA's method of the way they did things was when it breaks, we'll fix it. So break, repair, break, repair. Well, let's be a little bit more proactive because the break and repairs happen in the same areas over and over and over again. It's kind of like, ow, that's hot. Ow, that's hot. You know, you keep touching the stove. Yeah, yeah, pretty soon quit touching the stove. So we, 
you know, we're, we're, we've got plans with the infrastructure budget that we have from the assessment increase that we're putting in. And you're going to see more, more lines being replaced that are going to create more consistency because everything's a cause and effect. Yeah. And when we're able to fix some of these and get in front of them instead of coming, you know, uh, from different angles, that we're able to actually save money in the long run. Well, uh, it, it only stands to reason. I mean, the, the kicking the can thing, the, the deal with mm-hmm. kicking the can thing is, is it takes a couple of bucks out of your pocket today. Right. But you don't realize there's a couple million in the back of my pocket that, that if I don't do this eventually, I mean, well, it, it's poor management is what it comes down to. And I apologize. That's not critical of past managers in any way. You, you and, you know, everybody did the best they could at that time because the budget right. constraints and everything. I, one of the times we we interviewed Stephanie, who I love and, and Steph, I said, you know, Stephanie, why do we have all these little bitty fees? And she said, when you can't pass a, an assessment increase, that's what you have to do. You, you either quit spending or you have to find small other funding somewhere to try and put that together. And the scope of what we needed was nowhere close to what, you know, what small permits or whatever would, would generate. Uh, let me, let me go through something real quick and just ask, uh, you mentioned that all of the facilities are now, except for, what did you say? Um, oh, the waypoint mm-hmm. were, were private vendors. Now we know that 501 prime does the DeSoto club. Mm-hmm. And Rafaela's does Cortez, and I'm seeing some great changes there too. There's some sprucing up going over there. Uh, Coronado, I ended up at Coronado just on a lark the other day, and I thought, well, let's see. I hadn't been there in a long time. I had one of the best burgers in my life. Right. The Casa Coronado is that the name? I I'm not sure on that. Don't don't quote me on that. I just yeah know no they no have I, a I, breakfast I, business. <laughs> yeah, I believe that's what it is. But and I think that it's breakfast and lunch till two or something like that. Yeah fantastic meal. I didn't even know they were there. And I consider myself a guy who kind of knows things, right? Yeah. Then we move over to Balboa and now we have the turn at Balboa. Yes, sir. Now upstairs at Balboa, we have the golf department and what what else have we done there? Well, the, the, the vendor that's in there uh, has the upstairs and downstairs. Oh, okay. So yeah. So the upstairs is the golf department over there to the left. When you walk in, that's Mm -hmm. Tom and his team that run out of there. And then the upstairs is just uh, the kitchen. And, you know, we're working on trying to get a vision going. There's a lot of clubs that use that, that he rents that space out to, which is fine with us because, you know, you're paying for the whole thing. So, yeah, if you want to lease out your piece and make a little money back, we're fine with that because it gives the uh, clubs opportunities to come in and do business with them and have a space that's nice. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's good. It's just another member asset that they're using. And, you know, we're looking for what's going to work best long term. So right now I know that that's what he's doing. He's comfortable with it. And, you know, we'll just take that a day at a time on how we, uh, you know, let that business grow there. But they have a great following. You know, they do Mm -hmm. karaoke on Friday. You know, I know a lot of folks go in there uh, for the golf. You know, it's it's Mm -hmm. a nice venue downstairs. Uh, It's it's a big venue when you look at it with both, both upstairs and downstairs. Um, so we're, we're letting the vendor play with that and, you know, just trying to do some things with it to, and, you know, we pitch ideas, yeah. you know, um, you know, if you look over at Granada, um, they put a bar in over there. So if you haven't been by there, so, I mean, they've got the one that's back by the counter they've always had, but they actually put in like a bar you can sit at with peanuts and pitchers of beer. And it seems to be going over very well with the members, um, you know, they enjoy it. You know, the golfers come in and stuff and it, they put it out in the main area. Um, they didn't have to do any structural changes just sitting there. You know, they built it. That was the agreement we had. And it's no big deal. And, you know, if and when they ever leave, we don't want them to. But if when they do, they just take that with them. Uh, but it, but it, what, they, what we're seeing is, is due to us being able to keep our members inside the gates, there's enough business for everybody to be successful. And everybody's upping their game. Everybody's upping their game, competing against each other. But I believe there's enough business in every community to support. You know, you look at what Gavin and Christy are doing over at Isabella, um, that they're they're always busy with things. Ponce, you know, Matt and those guys over there are doing a great job. Uh, so you just see uh, a lot of loyalty because you see the same folks go to the same places, which is good. But then I encourage, you know, the restaurants to, you know, keep advertising. We help them with the e-blast on the uh, Friday uh, blast that goes out. 
you know, running specials. You know, mm-hmm. we talked to several of the restaurant vendors about even doing like a uh, kind of like a food tour that they all kind of come up and have like different specials that they run. And all the members, you know, they just go from uh, restaurant to restaurant and they, uh, you know, have different sampling things or, you yeah. know, just trying to create some energy and excitement and also come up with a different venue for the members to get out and socialize with each other. So, you know, we're working through just coming up with fun things like that that they could do. Um, somebody said something about a pub crawl. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know if I want a bunch of folks going, you know, throughout the village after <laughs> drinking a lot. But, uh, you know, but things like that. See, those are those are community unity ideas. Yeah that we're pitching and people are talking back and saying, you know, but yeah, we could do this and that. And that's really all I do is I just kind of paint a vision of what we can do. And then I let, you know, the people, the vendors and my team run with it. They're like, yeah, yeah okay. That's well, but what about this? And I always tell my team, you know, if your idea is better than mine, fine, you're not going to offend me because all I care about is going from point A to point B doing it the most, uh, you know, economical way we can get there you know i always talk about you know you make them hamburger but they think it's filet mignon and you know and that's what it has to be you know and so i'm always open to sure let's give it a shot see if it'll work but you know we're not going to dictate to the vendors you know what to do we just put ideas out there and if they bite on it and they can all get together and talk about it we can help facilitate it but to me it's like i keep saying over and over again it's about the member experience and the more they do that the more money they're going to make. And if they're profitable, I have sustainability from that vendor to stay here. So we don't have turnover. Uh, they're able to go ahead and get their uh, margins in line to where now they're able to be sustainable long-term. Well, and, and it's two sides of the, of the same house because it, literally you have a customer-facing side of the house. Right. And then you have an internal back office operation that has to keep the water and the sewer and the you know everything running. Uh, and I wanted to come back to Balboa just for one second. Are you comfortable? I know we had just touched on one time. Are you comfortable with talking about the sprinkler system at your Balboa and what may go on there? Or is that just too special? No, I'm more than happy point? to talk about it. This is another can we've kicked down the road. Um, Tom and I have met with, and Juan, that's the superintendent over there. We've met with two vendors, uh, Rainbird and Toro. Mm-hmm. And wow, that's a price tag. Well, let me, let me come back to this real quick. I'm going to take the five mile high view. Cooper had this built when they built this golf course, which, you know, to be frank, as I adjust my jacket, it was kind of a country club too. You know, it was kind of at the point we we built. And for those that don't know, we started at the West end and moved to the East end started in 1970, ended in 2006 with Cooper's active development. Uh, When they built in the seventies, building the DeSoto club was a huge draw from across the country. Mm -hmm. Well, in the late eighties, early nineties, they built the Balboa club, which is magnificent. And by the way, the kitchen we talked about is twice the size of my house. It feels like it's huge. And that's just the upstairs kitchen. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it has this vast, ba- fantastic view over the golf course. But if I'm not mistaken, Cooper actually used their own in-house staff to do the the plumbing and some of the work. And they admitted at one point that it was a little subpar and they had kicked some money back to the POA that was obviously spent on other things. So now here we are 30 years later, 25 years later, looking at a 41 years later, but who's counting, right? Yeah. 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 But we're looking at this project 41 years later and going, okay, so how's the irrigation system working and how are the cart paths and what do we need to do at Balboa? So I, I should have set that for you before. Well, yeah, I don't mind talking about that. I, I have conversations, you know, we're trying, I like to be transparent. Uh, so yeah, uh, it should have been done. What it should have, could have yeah. 10 years ago. Uh, the system's 41 years old. I was told the same story that Cooper put it in themselves uh, and then gave money to repair whatever didn't get done right. So wasn't here, wasn't there. Can't change it now. It is, is what, what it is. is. Yep, it is what uh, it is. So um, we've gotten bids from anywhere between $2 million to $2.5 million. And it's one of those things that we have to do. Um but I mean, it's even if I said yes today at that high a price tag, we might not be able to even get a crew in here to start working on it till 24, 
uh, because that, that's some of the vendor names that we've had out there. We've, we've had some that said, well, we could get going here or there in yeah. January or whatever. Anyway, um, Juan's been doing a great job. The irrigation system has to be replaced. No two ways about it. Gonna have is, to. Is it is it the underlying pipes? Is it the head yeah. ends? Is it the pumps? What is it? All of it. Really? Pick one. It's forty one years old and it's only got a life cycle of about twenty two years. So you do the math. Yeah. So it's the whole thing. And Juan's a magician, and he does a phenomenal job over there. Him and his team keeping that going. But it has to be fixed. End of story. Um, and right now we're. We're really letting the inflationary environment calm down. Mm. We saw, a, uh, from what the vendors were telling us, when COVID hit, golf got a new resurgence internationally. We just couldn't go inside, couldn't go to movie theaters, so let's go outside. So tennis and golf and things like that picked up. Well, golf picked up quite a bit. So then you had all these places that were doing improvements, bunkers, sprinkler systems. So the price went through the roof. The crews got harder to find because everybody started repurposing their assets again. And here we are. So we're at the table trying to find a vendor and we're trying to delicately walk through this whole thing and find the best price and the best vendor. It's going to get done. When? Don't know yet. Uh, but it has to. It's just one of those got to get it done. Uh, yeah, we've had a golf surcharge that's been putting money in there. We've got about 1.4, 1.5 million maybe now. And that'll be spent on that. And well, we'll have to shift some money out of another account when the time comes. You know, uh, we, we, we hope, and I don't like to hope, but we hope we can get another year um, without something catastrophically going wrong with that. And we're looking for, we're just looking for the prices to come down that we're not you know, where we can save a little bit of money that we can put that into the cart pass. Cause I've got people like, just go fix it now. And I'm like that, let me get my magic wand out. Let me just do that. Let's, but let's talk as adults. This is the fact. So no, it's not being ignored. Um, we have been meeting, we've been gathering our thoughts. We've been weighing our options. Like I said, we met with Rainbird and Toro um, and we'll stay in contact with them. I know Tom's got another vendor that he's going to meet with and talk with, but we're just, gathering our facts because yeah. we haven't really gotten serious about doing this uh, for a long time. And I think last time they looked at it, it was 1.5, maybe 1.7 million to do. And it's gone up to two, four, two, five now. So, so and, and I mean, and it's, you know, I'm sure somebody's going to want to correct me after they watch this video, but you know, I'm giving high side numbers on what we've seen. And, you know, and then, like I said, you know, you have so many golf courses wanting work done now that the availability of the crews to come in and do it, because I, I'm not going to do this in-house. No. We're going to bring in the professionals to do it right this time and, you know, get it done because we learn from that. There's some things I'm willing for our team to do. Uh, and then there's some that we're not going to experiment with because if we get it wrong, we're going to end up spending more money at the end of the day. Yeah. Well, there, there's so, a right time to pull the trigger on this is what I'm hearing. Yeah, there is. And I mean, and like anything, you know, we're, we're trying to time and be patient on letting, because, you know, the, the pipe is everything with petroleum based. We're seeing the same thing with golf that we're seeing with public works with park and rec as well. So, you know, public works, uh, you know, one of the things that Ken and I've done is we've gone and pulled everything out of the woods. So we found pipe and culverts and things that we purchased and bought as members three, four, five years ago that they had earmarked for other projects that are not going to happen. Now that pipe's going in the ground. Yeah. But the pipe that we bought five years ago to go buy it now is five times what we paid for. It. Wow. Simply yeah. because of, of, of the the greater expenses of the petroleum and so forth. You got it. Well, and, now, you know, and, availability too. So it's over, supply and demand on top of not only the petroleum prices being up. So sure. we're being very strategic with what we do. Um, that's why I like a lot of the culvert replacing, uh, they're using a technique. The old way to do it was rip the street up, rip up the culvert, stick a new one in and then repave the street. Well, there's processes and this has been done here in the village before, uh, but you know, you reline it with concrete. Kind of basically yeah. kind of sleeve it. 
Is that? Yeah, pretty much. That's exactly what it is. So with concrete. you're being able, it's like a gunite. It's uh, yeah. that you would make a pool out of, yeah. but it's very heavy gauge. The process is proven. We did a lot of homework on it before we went this route, but you can repurpose one of these culverts for a third of the price of doing it the traditional way. And we don't have to shut the road down. So if you're familiar with Granada over on number 11, Granada, mm-hmm. there's a pond there that has seven big stovepipes. I think they're 36, 48 inch, something like that. They're huge. Huge. Well, that pond hadn't been full for how many years now? Yes. Because the, the pipes collapsed in, they rusted, and the water really? could never build up in there. Those are now fixed. We did 76 feet, and we went underneath the street and came out the other side. You never even knew we were in there. No repaving necessary. And I wanted to come back to that on on Balboa golf course too. Uh, yeah. How do we, how do we talk about the cart paths versus the, the, the water system, irrigation system? I mean, will there be places where, or have we redone the cart paths? Is that scheduled to be they've done, done after? They've done some over there. So mm-hmm. I get folks that like to focus on Balboa uh, quite a bit. And I find that that's where they live, <laughs> but I can take you over to Isabella. I just had this conversation with someone here a while back. You know, Balboa, Balboa, Balboa. And I'm like, all right, you must live on Balboa. And they did. Uh, but I can show you, we've got Isabella, Granada, uh, Ponce. You know, they all need some attention. Yeah. So all right now I'm trying to spread around what we have to give everybody a little love. I know that people were told that the surcharge was for Balboa. And, and it is. We're going to get money in there. But it, there's, a, there's seven more courses. And, you know, and then I got... Tennis needs some resurfacing with their courts. You know, we're putting a little money into pickleball here and there. It's not about you. You know, I mean, I'm reminding people, hey, you know, I I get it. It's your home course uh, and it does need attention, but I can give you, get in the car. Let me take you around with me and I'll show you the other (laughs) stuff. And, you know, and and, then once you you have those honest, transparent conversations with people, they get it. So, I mean, we, we need to smear a little bit here, a little bit there more back to the strategic approach, where are the really bad cart paths, the ones that are going to, you know, knock your lower back out of, you know, mm-hmm. throw yeah. your clubs out, you know, when you run over them, those are the ones that we want to get fixed and make, make them a little better. And so we, we've got a couple different options we're playing with besides just pure rip it out uh, and pour the concrete, which needs to be done. You know, yeah. I can give you uh, Nina too. And you come around the corner by the green there, right on DeSoto. All right. Is that bad? Yeah, that's bad. That that, bad. That's where your golf courses go, golf clubs go flying. Yeah, out exactly. Back. Yeah. So, yeah. and you look at that and that's on the, uh, you know, the Arkansas uh, golf trail, Isabella is. So oh, it is, isn't it? Coming, yeah. visitors come and that's supposed to be the face of our village. Yeah. So, you know, when I, when I, I talk to people about Balboa, 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 I love Balboa. They have beautiful greens, great place, but big picture folks, you know, and that's my job is, is to keep everybody in the big picture of what we're doing here. So I, you know, my approach is, is that we, we do a little everywhere um, and fix the truly needed things as we go along and you can't fix everything overnight. No, you can't, but you got to be strategic about what you're doing. I have a story to share with you. I'm the vice president of the uh, town homeowners association in one of the last meetings, a lady in one of the, the townhome courts said, well, I'd like to talk to Dennis about this. And I, I was just kind of flat footed. I was like, what, what do you want? Well, maybe you could fix a spreadsheet and we could, you know, outline these issues and go through these issues. And I, I was just kind of stunned and taken aback. And I'm like, look, I'm happy to help you in any way possible. Let's, let's meet. And we realized that there was a terrible job of communication going on, and there were a lot of things that needed to be done. And we finally had a meeting with all the court rep, with the court rep and all the residents that would come. We handed out flyers, we phone called them, we you know everybody we could get to come. At the end of the meeting, uh, we had gone around and looked at the facilities, and they had a budget in the thirty to forty thousand dollar range. And uh, one of the uh, members came up and he said, uh, "You know, there's a quarter million dollars worth of work that needs to be done here." And I just smiled and went, mm-hmm, yep, mm-hmm. yep. And, and well, what, what are you going to do? I was like, no, y'all get to decide. You get right. to make these decisions. And, and, you know, when when it comes down to, well, I know what to do with our money. Oh, it has to go all these other places. 
Oh, that, that, my friend, is when Dr. No comes out. Right. That would be me. Tell them the story about Dr. No if they didn't catch the first show, and then we need to wrap up, I know. Yeah, no, it's uh, when I was working at UPS, I got I got the title of being Dr. No, because I would always lead when people came to me wanting to spend money with no. No. And the reason for that was, was I needed them to prove their position and make sure they did the legwork on everything before we spend any money. Because uh, it's easy just to, to get a pet project or to get something. And that, you know, and that's where the emotions come in. But no, I always led the conversation with no. <laughs> and it made them work hard to prove. But I know that we got it right or pretty doggone right when we were doing those things. Well, when you did say yes, they knew they had all their ducks in a row, literally. Yeah. And I mean, and, I, and what you do is, and that's what I've done with the POA team here. We have a meeting every Wednesday um, that they actually come and get approvals for any money that needs to be spent. Um, large items that would go to the board above 50000 to, I want to spend $2,500 or something. If it gets above their limit, they've got to come see me. And even, I mean, there's, there's items that they'll see me for 500 bucks. You know, that's how deep in the weeds we get with a lot of stuff. We've got general stuff like, you know, ordering chlorine or uh, different things like that. But I mean, I really want to, one, I want to know so I can educate myself. Uh, two, you, you have a gatekeeper type situation, then you're being responsible with the member's money, aka me and you, mm -hmm. right? Uh, but there's a process and they've got to bring uh, all their bids. Um, so I usually require a minimum of three bids that they go out so we can make sure that we're getting the best option. And then uh, we sit there and talk about it. So what are you going to do with this uh, thingamajig you want to buy? Because everybody's got some toy that they want to buy, a, a tool, uh, but we need them. They're not toys. I, I just say yeah, that. No, I understand. Yeah. But um, I make them explain exactly, you know, what's the life cycle? What are we going to get out of it? Where's it going to be at? Can you share it with another department? There's oh. a new way they're doing because wow. there used to be silos, I believe, in what's called a flat earth approach, uh, which means all the departments I can see. And yeah. they work together. So I've got weekly meetings with each one of the groups that we have cross-functional that we're sharing resources. That's why you're seeing a lot of stuff get done quickly. Oh. And they're sharing equipment where every group used to have pretty much their own. These are mine. Don't touch them. And, and in some cases, that's fine because, you know, it just gets expensive repurposing and repositioning uh, equipment around the village. But at the same time, there's things that we can do uh, that we don't need to go and put out extra money uh, because I'm looking at utilization rates of the equipment and the what we're going to get back out of them. It's like there's real management going on, Kelly. Where? <laughs> no, it's just it, it, it's a very common sense approach. Yeah. Um, and I surround myself by people way smarter than me. And I yeah. learned that early in my career. And all I do is I just apply a very common sense approach. I'm an active recruiter. Uh, you see some of the people we've been bringing on uh, to backfill some uh, people that uh, unfortunately they left. And I think the members are very pleased, very pleased with the people we've got coming on board to support them. And they should be. I mean, it, well, been here 20 years. I've never seen it this good. And, and that's not disrespecting anybody else that's ever done this job. Excellent job, my friend. I, I appreciate the support. You've, you've been a very good friend of mine. I know you and I, uh, we get, when we see each other, we pick on each other about different stuff. Yeah, we act a lot. But no, I mean, I, I can't thank you enough for the platform, not only for myself, but my team uh, to be able to tell you about what they're doing, because these are exciting times. They are. They are. Well, and, and, and to be frank, it is an honor to be trusted by you and your staff. I know how this can go. I've seen yeah. sideways, social media go sideways 20 times out of one. So right. I, I appreciate your trust on this too. We do. And, and if, I, if I could just get one last pitch in on something, um, you know, we talk about community unity. That's, our, that's my slogan. I'm going to keep saying it so everybody else does. Volunteerism. Yeah. COVID, COVID set us back. There are many little things that I could have different groups. There are 152 clubs, I'm told, here in the village. Um, we need flower beds at our clubhouses cleaned out every once in a while. We need things at the parks. Uh, people work the trails. And don't think people aren't volunteering. I'm not saying that at all. I need more. 
we have really good people here. And when you take a lot of hands, the lift gets very easy. Mm -hmm. This will keep our costs down as members would just, you know, get your church together and get a group, you know, and come and help, you know, adopt something, adopt a section of trail, adopt a clubhouse to come pull weeds out of the flower bed, uh, adopt a gate, you know, because that's a front forward appearance, you know, the men and women's garden club, phenomenal group, uh, but they're looking for help. Uh, We've got, you know, large clubs like the Boomers Rock, 700 plus members, uh, Tim and his team do a fabulous job. That's a lot of hands. And you can put people, uh, teams like that out there. You know, we've got 25 churches, 152 clubs. You know, if we had, you know, just everybody just pick something, pick a, pick a thing, pick Coronado Center, pick the Woodlands, pick the Veterans Memorial, pick this, that, and the other. The place looks like a million dollars, and I can let the people that work here at the POA stay on the big stuff, the big mowing, the tree trimming, uh, you know, taking care of fixing the water lines. But those are the things that make the place stay beautiful, that when you go out and you want to go to a show or go to a restaurant or go play golf, you feel so much better. And when you, especially when you invite like, hey, you know what, why don't you come up and visit me and stay the week? And you take somebody that's never been here out and they're like, wow, this place is like a palace. And you're like, yeah. And how much does it cost to live here? Mm-hmm. You know, the average HOA fee in the United States is over $285. Really? You can Google that. That's how I know the number. I think it was 297, but somebody will challenge me. All right. <laughs> As they doing. will. But we're paying 90 bucks a month now. In two years on the assessment approval will be 110. Yeah. I paid $97 a month when I lived in Indianapolis and I did not have gates. I did not have golf courses that I could pay a little bit of money at. We had one pool, one basketball court, and a playground and some plants, some flower beds. That was it. And I've talked to people, you know, and I've had this speech with many clubs. I've had a lady in California. She said, I paid $500 a month. Had a lady from Atlanta, $400 a month. People, people wrote, no, this is a really good deal. It is a a phenomenal deal. And I'll make note, there's a sign just outside this gate that says 12 years ago, but nobody's doing the quick math, that this was a thousand points of light community because of our volunteerism, a tremendous amount of volunteerism. Yeah, we can do that again. That's been 12 years. It's time to be yes. there again. It really is. And, and I'll, I'll use the good book here, my friend. I think a lot of times we have not because we ask not. Exactly. And that's what I'm asking now. And I know, and you know, a lot of the clubs that I talk to, because I spend, a, you know me, I've done, I spend a lot of time in the community. I meet with clubs. I have speaking engagements. I meet with members constantly. I don't do social media. I'm a grassroots campaign guy. You don't like me. I don't really care. You know, I'll work on it, but I got other fish to fry. I yeah. mean, um, but you know, I know COVID set us back. That's what I'm hearing. And yeah. people have gotten out of sync. Um, and these clubs have, you know, that used to have 30, 40 people available. Um, we just got to remind them, we got to recharge those groups. Um, we've got to re-energize our purpose and to, we'll just come forward. So, you know, I'm going to be looking for Tom and Terry and Ken, you know, and my operating group there, to they they have to they have to report to me how many new volunteers they have helping them with painting trail signs, Do cleaning really? flower beds. Yeah, there's a little accountability <laughs> back on the directors. <laughs> let me tell you, because I expect them not to just stare at their shoes. I mean, so that means they got to go hustle, but it also makes them go engage with these in the community and help themselves. That's what I tell them. You've got a budget you have to manage. How are you going to fill in the blanks? And that was the culture I grew up at UPS. They empowered you to run the business. How you get it done, as long as it's not illegal, unsafe, or immoral, go at it and knock it out. And that was the key. And that's innovation. What I'm encouraging. Yeah, you got to you got to encourage them, and you got to trust them. But it's it's new, and I really need the community to really step up and say, how, how can I help? Because you know, you look at some of these churches out there, especially in these clubs. You could easily come up with 50 people for four hours on a Saturday and knock out a clubhouse. And it was a fun time. Yeah, it was yeah, a, yeah, a team yeah. well, builder and, for that group. And when you go to the clubhouse, you may or may not tell your friend that you've invited from out of town. Yeah, I cleaned that that flower exactly. bed. We worked this up. You may not right. say that or you may, but, you know, inside, that's why it looks good. And by the way, there's something over there. I need to go get that now. 
You got it. Let me go pick that up. I was doing that exactly. the other day on the golf course. <laughs> Kelly, I got to run. It is always great to have you for Hot Springs Village Inside Out and the DeSoto Club. <laughs> We're back to the future. We'll see you next time. Thank you for your time. Thanks, Kelly. Thanks for listening to another episode of Hot Springs Village Inside Out, a podcast where Hot Springs Village, Arkansas is the star. Please subscribe to the podcast. You can do that by visiting our website, hsvinsideout.com, and tell a friend.